Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. If you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience, or you just want to come on and talk about some unconventional topics, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional and send me a message there and we'll get you on the show. If you like the show and you want to support this podcast, all I'm asking for you to do is leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. With all that being said, i got a really fun episode today. I have Kyle from the Big Dumb Podcast. This is a great conversation and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you follow Kyle and the Big Dumb Podcast at the Big Dumb underscore podcast on Instagram and check out his show. It's on all the major platforms. I'll leave a link below. And yeah, enjoy the episode, guys. It's a fun one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. Tonight I have a very special guest. I have Kyle from the Big Dumb Podcast. Now I've been on several shows. I've been on Kyle's show and a bunch of other roundtables with Kyle, but I haven't had a chance to just sit down and talk with him one-on-one, get to know him a little better. Kyle, how are you tonight, man? Dude, I'm so good, man. It's I'm I'm like like you said, uh, we've done some shows together. Uh, but we haven't really gotten a chance to talk one-on-one and I'm, I've been really looking forward to it, man. It's, uh, you're, you're a super cool dude. I love your show. I love just your perspective on, on everything. And, uh, I just, your, your vibes, uh, <laughs> sounds a little gay, but like your, your vibes are good, man. Like you're a good guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's hard to find good people nowadays. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, I'm honored to be here on the show tonight. Uh, and as you said, I'm Kyle from the big dumb podcast. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it with you. Well, thank you for those compliments, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure some people will be like, ah, he's a piece of shit. But no, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, we all it. have those people in our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, before we jump into just kind of shooting the shit, talking some paranormal, just take a minute, tell everyone about your show, how you got started, you know, the whole. Yeah, so um, my show you know, the big dumb podcast it originally started out with me and a co-host. We were, you know, we're best friends, neighbors, good, good buddies. And we would just get hammered and uh, talk shit, you know, and we were like, fuck it. Well, we should do a podcast. And so we made it happen, but we started the podcast in November of 2020. And we all know how crazy of a time that was. And so it just kind of fell. I was really into big, big into conspiracies. My co-host who's actually on my shirt. That's uh, my old co-host puds. Um, he he was not into it at all and but i just kind of made it a conspiracy show just because of all, all the shit that was going on and uh, it was fun we had a good time um and he has since left the show just because of he's got a baby now and and all this stuff and so uh it, it, it's fallen into a conspiracy paranormal news whatever kind of show we just kind of have a good time and uh i talked to great people like you uh i've had matt from the great deception on Ryan from Dangerous World. I mean, all these great, wonderful people uh, just to, you know, and we just talk about what's going on. We talk about people's favorite conspiracies. And also we do beer reviews every now and then where we'll get some interesting beer, uh, some craft beer and and review it for you guys. And uh, just, we just have a good time. It's nothing serious. You know, there's shows out there who go deep on the research. They go heavy in a certain topic. And I'm just not that guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm the big dumb. I'm, I, I'd rely on other people for my information. So, uh, you know, trust, but verify, but I still like to, uh, you know, just have a good time with it. And, uh, that's, that's the show, you know? So, um, 
check it out if you guys are interested in it. I think I think you'll like it if you if you haven't listened to it yet. I think you'll find some some interesting things. I always strive for a genuine conversation because that's what people crave. You know what I mean? Just like plants crave electrolytes, we crave genuine conversation. Yeah, man, and it's so true. Like I've noticed like shows that I've tried to like prepare for and like make notes on and stuff. They're the it's worst just, shows. It's the worst and it's like you're just trying to stay on a topic. It, it's terrible, but yeah, seriously everyone check out his show. I love listening to it. Um, and that's the thing, like say I'm the same way with like conspiracies. I'm like a jack of all trades, I guess you could say, I know that sounds yeah. arrogant, but it's like, I know a, a little bit about a lot of different topics, but like the paranormal spiritual stuff is where I kind of really like the home base. Yeah. 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 And that's just, I mean, same here, dude. Like I, I, I consider myself a jack of all trades, both in like real life. Like I know a little bit about a lot of things like skills and crafts and things. But same with conspiracies. I, I can talk to anybody about anything and be able to hold a conversation. Like I know I'm, I don't claim to be an expert. I don't claim to know all the facts, but I can at least have a conversation and, and either teach you something. Maybe you can teach me something. You know, I'm open to it. I think it's, uh, it's silly to go into any conversation, interaction, argument, uh, assuming you know everything. And because we, I'm sure you've learned in your journey that perspective is key. Uh, perception is key. What, how you see the world and how I see the world are two completely, even though we might not, we might agree on a lot of stuff. Um, our views are going to be vastly different on uh, any given topic. So it's important to go into these, especially these heavier conversations, right? Um, or these, you know, fringe conversations like with the paranormal, everybody has their own unique perspective and they're all valid, right? Like you might fucking hate somebody and uh, disagree with what they say and just think they're idiots but it, you have to humanize them and validate and and give give them some 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 validation for their views because they probably feel the same way about you does that make sense yeah 100 percent. and like when i was teaching too a lot of people like i was a new teacher i was 23 years old i had no clue what the hell i was doing but <laughs> yeah like i watched like some of the older teachers that i kind of respected in the school district and i just I was open to like any suggestion that anyone else made. And, you know, I'm not bragging, but people assume that I had been teaching a while, you know, because I would just, and, and you just kind of learn to adapt and just go off other things. Yeah. You just have to be as much as I hate the phrase open-mindedness, you have to be open-minded, you know, cause they've kind of hijacked that term being open-minded, which actually means you're closed-minded and you only believe their agenda, but you have to truly be open-minded to things and just hear it out and be like, okay, I don't agree with that or whatever, but cool. Well, I, I... It, it, and like you said, they're trying to hijack this, this term, right? Like open-mindedness means like you want kids to get like raped by trans people. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, right. I can respect somebody's life choices as a consenting adult. Like, absolutely. Like I have no issues with anybody who, um, is into a certain, a different lifestyle than me. And I was talking about this with someone last night. Like, why is it that the first thing that you, like when you meet a new person, the, these, these, these leftists, these, uh, you know, uh, NPCs, whatever, the first thing they do is, uh, you know, tell you what they do in the bedroom. Like that's how they identify. And it's like, you're so much more than that as a human. Like you're not just someone who like takes it up the ass from other people or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever your kink or your preference is. No, you're a person first, and I want to know who you are. I don't give a shit what you do behind closed doors with other consenting adults. 
And I, I right, might not right. agree with it. I might not like it. I might not be into that or I might might be into it, but we'll never tell you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, we're, we're all people. And like, I just want to get to know somebody without like that kind of like, you know, what they call identity getting in. Cause that's really not your identity. If your identity is what you do in the bedroom, you have an identity crisis going on. You really don't know who you are, or what you want to do. And I think you're as a person, you are so much more than that. Um, right. Cause like, if I had introduced myself tonight, like, Hey guys, I'm Kyle. I'm a straight white male. I, I only fuck my wife and uh, it's fantastic. And like, you know, anybody else who disagrees with me can go fuck off. Like what kind of conversation starter is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous, you know, I know it's so, like, and, and, and that's I, the I thing people too. People are so, I think people are so amazing. Like, individuals and different perspectives that like y- you have to be more than that than than just what you do in the bedroom you know what i mean 100% and it's the it is it's like the killing of the individual because everyone wants to be like part of a group or whatever but there's just so much more strength in the individual if everyone was just like took care of themselves this is like a thoreau quote if everyone like took care of their own backyard or their own neighborhood or whatever, we wouldn't have all these issues if everyone had a solid foundation. And it's like, I feel like a lot of these people, and I'm, I might be generalizing, I'm sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings, but it's like, if you have to identify with a group or a certain pronoun or whatever, whatever it is you're doing, like you need to work on yourself. You know what you I mean? You get problems. <clears throat> yeah. You've got bigger problems than, than that. Yeah. A hundred percent dude. And, and we've lost the community that sense of community. And it actually took me moving to a small town to really gain that sense of community back. I mean, I'm not in the fucking country by any means. Well, some people might say, say I am, but I'm in a small town of like 15,000 people, you know? And it's like, I've gotten to know my neighbors. I've gotten, we're not like friends all the time. I mean, my best friend is my neighbor, but like all my other neighbors and stuff, we've, it's not like we hang out, but like, this one lady across the street, like her husband had just died and she was having car trouble and like, she couldn't, she didn't know how to change her tire properly, you know? And I, I saw her outside struggling and me and my neighbor, my actual neighbor friend, uh, old co-host Puds, we went out and we were like, Hey, you know, what's, can we help you with anything? She was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like she was like, and she told us her story and everything. We're like, Oh my God, we'll change your tire for you. Like, like, and, and I've gotten to know, you know, I saw an old man trying to load a, a dishwasher into his house by himself. And I was like, dude, do you need a hand? And he was like, yeah, you know, and if that's because if you have that, even that level of relationship with the people in your in your neighborhood, in your community, when shit gets bad, you at least know that they're going to be open to you uh, for if you need help or if they need help. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the little things that really matter. Uh, in those relationships. And we've lost that because like, I don't identify as a straight white male. I identify as Kyle living in West Texas in a small town with all these other people who want to work hard and provide for their families and stuff. It's, it has nothing to do with like me. It's like where I'm at. And obviously like, yes, I'm working, always working on myself and, uh, and that's a lifelong journey, brother. I mean, (laughs) if you know, if you got it all figured out by the time you're my age, I'm only 25 if you have it all work figured out by by the time you're my age, man, you are blessed. You know what I mean? Because right, I good still for you, don't know dude. what the fuck. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? And you won't. I mean, I'm only five years older than you, but it's like every day you just you learn something new, or you're like, do I want to continue doing this? Do I want to do that? Like 
you're going to change your career a million times. Like, <laughs> let me tell you something. So, uh, I've been listening to, to Alex Jones, uh, his show like live every day. And I, I usually don't do that, but I just, I don't know. I was like, I'm kind of tired of all my podcasts. Let me go back to the old AJ. And he just, it, it's not him, but it, just the stuff he talks about just like pisses me off. Right. So like yesterday I went to work and I saw the gas prices at the gas station. I was like, motherfucker. You know what I mean? I was just like, and I drive a mile to work every day. Like I do not have to worry about gas, but it's the principle. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I was all grumpy. And then I listened to Alex Jones all day. And I just was like, I came home and I was like, the new world order, they're going to kill us all, you know? And, uh, but while I'm at work, I work in a theater and I build sets for live theater productions. And I'm like listening to Alex Jones. I'm like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Nuclear war, the, the new world order, world economic forum, they're all going to take over. Uh, and I'm sitting here building SpongeBob the musical. Like this is pointless. You know what I mean? I was like, why am I doing this? But, I, but then I came home and I told the fiance, I was like, yeah, I was just like, she, I was like grumpy and mad. She's like, babe, you can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? There's nothing that you can do except what you have control over. And I was like, I know that I know I, I knew when she told me this, I was like, I know this, you know what I mean? I should, I need to be, I can't let this stuff get to me emotionally, you know, but it still, it was a learning opportunity. Cause I was like today, I was like, okay, Alex Jones, I love you, but you're out, you're out today. I'm just going to listen to some fun podcasts. I'm going to try to relax a little bit and, and actually like enjoy the work that I do. Cause it's like, not that I don't enjoy it, but I'm like, I'm literally building SpongeBob the musical, like a cartoon that I grew up watching and now I'm doing a fucking Broadway version musical of it. I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. You know, and I'm just like, okay, I gotta, I gotta reassess my emotional state here because it's not healthy to go about the world that way. E e e especially when things are bad, you can't let that stuff get to you. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's a hundred percent true. I do that all the time. Like I'm, if I'm cleaning a car or something like I just did like an outside detail on a car and I'm like, it's going to snow. Like why, why do these people want their car cleaned? It's going to snow. And like, and we, we did, we got like a foot of snow today. It was 60 degrees yesterday and beautiful, but it, it's just, sometimes you just have to do it. Just but, go about it. Just go about it, dude. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like I, I get to points where like, I get super sensitive to stuff and I'm always like that, but I, I just can't listen to podcasts every once in a while. Like I'll go through spurts where that's all I'm doing like all day you know, six hours a day. Yeah. And then, so now I'm just listening to like the Lord of the Rings on audiobook. Just <laughs> good idea. I've never read the Lord of the Rings books. I've watched the movies, director's cuts and stuff, and I love mm -hmm. them. That's not a bad idea because I love audiobooks, and I really should probably get back in. And I have a bunch on my list that I haven't listened to, but mm -hmm. that's a good idea. And every now and then, like, I'll be like, when I know I'm in like a weird mood, I'll listen to music. You know what I mean? I used to listen to music all the time. And like probably for the last four years, I've exclusively listened to podcasts. You know what I mean? That's why I'm quote unquote radicalized. You know, they would say like, oh, Joe Rogan radicalized me or whatever. It's like, no, dude, I just like to, I can't, especially the work I do, like carpentry and things like that. Like, it's not like I'm talking to people all day at work or I have customers coming in. It's like, I'm working by myself for the most part for like eight hours a day. So I, it's nice to have, to not let my mind wander, to listen to a genuine conversation. And that's helpful. You learn something, you maybe explore a new idea, but every now and then it's good to unplug, 
listen to maybe a, a comedy podcast or some music or an audiobook. I need to get back into audiobooks, dude. I because I really do love them. And I'm such a bad reader. Like I can't read to for my fucking life, dude. I'm dude, just so slow. I'm same with me. Reader, I have dude. such I ADD. It's like it's embarrassing. Like I was an English teacher and I, I'm the worst reader. I, I like, obviously I can read and everything like that, but it's just, <laughs> I, I can't sit down and read a book, but if I can throw it in my ear, I can just sit there and kind of do whatever I'm doing and just you might miss some things, but you'll still get the gist of yeah. it. But when I read, I feel like I have to um, understand every sentence, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of just like the gist. And I think part of that comes from when I was in uh, my time as an actor reading scripts you know like the the text is so important and now now when i read books i read it as if someone's reading it to me like my voice in my head like i i, I talked to my fiance about this a couple of weeks ago like i i was like trying to read a new book and i'm like going so slow and she's like oh you're like you know four nights in a row i was reading this book and she's like oh you're only this far in and i was like well let me tell you how i read and she's like oh no i can read this whole page in like 20 seconds and I'm like, I can't do that because I have to like tell it like it's a story to myself just because I'm a storyteller. That's how I like to, uh, you know, that's how I read it in my head. And it's it's kind of interesting how different people uh, equally intelligent, equally, um, uh, you know, on the same level intellectually. But we just go about information differently. And I think that's important. That goes back to like our perspective thing, like everybody kind of perceives the world differently but we're, it doesn't mean you're dumb or you're stupid just because you can't read very fast you know right and so i mean i'm in the same boat as you I, I work alone a lot either cutting lawns or cleaning lawns or cleaning cars or whatever it is i'm doing but uh that internal monologue that you have in your head constantly it's the worst it's the worst dude it is like it can be the best so like i'm gonna ask you have you ever had this happen to you where you're just you get zoned in on a thought or like you get into that groove where you're just going. And then all of a sudden, whatever it is you're working on is done. And like time is flying, but like flown by. Oh, what is that? It's every, every day I experience that. Even mm -hmm. if it's for an hour, it could be two. It could be the whole day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, and when you get a hard break, it's a little different, you know, it's like I, I have, a, I take lunch, you know, at lunchtime every day. Uh, and I go, I come home and I eat lunch and stuff, but, uh, like sometimes mornings will just fucking fly by, uh, especially if I'm working by myself on a project. And I think that's what they call like the flow state. You know, when they mm -hmm. say like you're in the zone, it's not necessarily. And I think it, it's it happens more with like monotonous work. You know what I mean? Where like like for me, like I'm a carpenter. So if I'm cutting like a cut list of like that's like, you know, a whole page of like wood cut up at a specific length, um, I'll, I'll fly through it and it'll be two hours and I'll be like oh shit I'm done you know because it's really not that you're not thinking too much especially if I'm listening to a book or a podcast or music or something your mind kind of focuses on it's like autopilot you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is because I think it's something it's almost like I don't want to say like your higher self but like your subconscious kind of knows the task that you're doing and it can kind of just like same thing like on a long car ride I get that a lot too because I used to when I went to college I was a thousand miles away. And so I would make that road trip, you know, every couple of semesters, you know, a few times a semester and dude, it's a 16 hour car ride, but I'd be like, you know, four hours would just fly by, especially on like long, flat drive. You're like, Oh my God, we're already in the next state over. Like, that's kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know what that is, dude. I, I know people have, it 
studied it for a long time and they're kind of finding out more about it. But it's amazing that us as humans can kind of do that. It's not like that we're working faster or the time is going by faster. It's just like your mind gets into this weird, weird place where it's almost hyper efficient, but also relaxed. You know what I mean? Right. And it is almost like a sense of time travel in, in a weird way, because like, for example, I'm cleaning a dirty car. You know, a lot of people will get a car full of dog hair or something at one of the dealerships and they just bitch about it for two hours before they even touch it. And it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I can just see the car, what it's going to look like when it's clean. And mm-hmm. then I start cleaning, I do well, my thing. And then all of a sudden it's done. And it's like, oh shit, four hours went by. Like you yeah. said, uh, the car's clean now. Now what do I do? You know what I mean? But it's I, like how it didn't feel like four hours. Like if you had, if someone tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Hey, how long you've been working on this? I'd probably say 20 minutes, maybe an hour, you know? And it's yeah. like, when I think, I think like, like what you said, like you can picture the car um, being clean. And it's like, if you have a vision of what you're working on, it kind of helps uh, your mind kind of get in that zone. You know what I mean? Cause if I'm working on like a complicated project at work, I can still get into that zone, but I kind of, like if I have to stop and think about it for a minute, like, okay, I'm either I messed up here. Oh, and that's another thing too. Like when you're in the zone, sometimes you can mess up and you don't realize it, you know, cause you're just like, fuck, I was just going, going, going. And then you try to put it all together and you're like, okay, I'm, (laughs) I messed up somewhere. You know what I mean? So it's a blessing and a curse. Like, you know, you can get distracted uh, by whatever it might be just being in that zone. And then you were like, you know, four hours goes by and you're like, oh, I've been doing this wrong the whole time how can, how can I fix it? But it's a, it's a learning experience either way. And with more complicated projects, you have to kind of, anytime you stop, I think when you stop and take a step back and you're like, okay, let me think about this. Uh, then you kind of come out of it for a second. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, whoa, it's already time to go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that, I think a lot of people experience that and they don't even realize it. Yeah. It's, and again, it goes into the whole like NPC thing. Cause like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know we've, t- I don't know if we've specifically talked about this, but I've talked about it before, but it's like, I'll walk through like these dealerships, man. And I like, I'll see these mechanics and it's like, anytime I, it doesn't matter what time of day they're doing the same exact thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I see that guy in that, that bay, he's turning that same wrench on that same car. And it's like, <laughs> I just have to like, is this reality fake? Is time fake? And then I wonder like, am I an NPC to them? Do they just look over and they're like, who's that weirdo coming in with a vacuum cleaner? Do they see me doing the same thing every day? Like, am I the NPC? And it's, it's, uh, did you watch that movie free guy? No, I haven't seen Brian Reynolds. Okay. I recommend it. It's actually a good movie. Um, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, propaganda piece or whatever and it was actually pretty good it was more about like breaking out of that npc mindset you know and like taking control but then uh of course uh isaac weissup got a hold of it and just ruined all that for me because he broke it down uh on the occult level and i was like oh man it was a good movie. like i was because i look for that stuff in movies and i didn't really see i saw some things you know and uh but it was good i liked it it was like you know this npc character be kind of kind of realizes that he actually has all the power. And I think before, I think we're all NPCs until we kind of wake up to, you know, quote unquote NPCs until we kind of wake up to uh, the the bullshit that's all around us. And it's up to you to determine that 
and actually do something with your newfound quote unquote freedom, you know, okay, I realize that this is all happening, but how many people actually break out and then do something with it? I mean, it's hard. It's not an easy task. You know, I still go to work every day. I still put my time in and I still collect a paycheck and all this stuff. I pay my taxes and bills and stuff. And it's like, okay, but I think knowing is half the battle, right? Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that it's like that awareness that you are still in the system, but you're, you're actively working even on like the mental level to break out of the system because we can't, I don't think we can fully export the matrix. I think that happens when we either die or if you meditate enough, you can maybe do it, but it's just, yeah, but yeah, it's just so interesting. And like the thing with the movies too, it's like, sometimes I I do believe just about every movie has some type of symbolism in it, but sometimes it only has to be a movie. Like, you can see all the symbolism. You can break it down to the occult level and see how they're doing all this Kabbalistic shit. Or you can just watch it and be like, yeah, it had a good message. Like, well, you know, it's actually uh, you, you were an English teacher. It's actually English class in high school that kind of ruined it for me with like the, you know, you learn about like archetypes and symbolism and stuff like that. And ever since then, like and then when I got into like conspiracies and kind of breaking out of the the matrix, uh it ruined it even more so already like from high school i was like analyzing movies for like you know what is the who's the archetype what's the you know the color of the lightsaber what does that mean the symbols you know symbols and stuff like that and then you take that a step further and be like oh what are they actually telling my subconscious with this with this message but i do i do think sometimes you know you can just kind of enjoy it take a step back you know and because you need that you know what i mean you can't be red pull red pilled a hundred percent of the time you gotta especially if you got kids or a family or something you got a blue pill every now and then have a good time just go to the movies get some popcorn and enjoy it you know and then you can say to yourself maybe like oh i see what they did there you know mm-hmm. and that's what i did from like 2000 once my son was born i really tried to blue pill myself and just kind of you know put my nose to the ground and just work and just you know be a good dad and all that stuff but you, you never stop noticing most- that's the most important thing you can do right like you can you can't fight the new world order all the time when you got a kid to take care of you know what i mean but that's the ultimate and my i don't have kids but i can see from people who do and and my perception on it is that that's the best way to to quote unquote fight the globalists or the lizard people or, or whoever it may be break out of the system is to be there for your children and to raise them right and to teach them to think critically for themselves you know what i mean like yeah, they can like, you know, sports or space or, you know, all that stuff that kids love that you and I'm sure you and I grew up loving the same, same kind of things. It's like, but teach them that, give them that knowledge and that wisdom that there's more to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so interesting too. Like you're five years younger than me. When did you start getting into conspiracy theories? Because for me, it was like, I want to say like 2009, I started really hearing like, the phrase like Illuminati and stuff. And I started really diving into things like How that. How old were you in 2009? I was 17. Okay, so I was, I was like 13 or 14. Yeah. So and what I was going to say real quick though, is that I've noticed like working with some younger people and like even watching my own kids, I have a 12 year old stepson as well. Uh, the younger, younger people than me are much like, I'm very open to most conspiracies pretty. I'll listen to anything and entertain it and then yeah. look into it. But I've noticed younger kids and, and like even my five-year-old to an extent is like, 
ultra aware of this shit. So I don't know if this is like a thing of the great awakening, but like just talking to younger people that I would think are kind of like NPCs or whatever, they're more open to things like, oh yeah, we know there's shit going on. And it's like, yeah. And we saw that a lot with COVID too. I think like that whole, these last two years have really woken a lot of people up. Um, also it could be a generational thing. Maybe people like you having kids and kind of just your parenting style, they kind of see this shit because I certainly, I mean, I don't think I did. I always just kind of, it's hard to get into, but with the young, I, I work at a university and I teach college kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they surprise me, but for the most part, they are completely unskilled. They do not care about anything. They like can barely hold a conversation, let alone perform a simple task. And it's just like, oh, are we fucked? But I think the upcoming generation from what I've heard, like my younger cousins and stuff, I have a lot of hope for them because they really seem to get it. Cause think about like their parents were, uh, you know, kind of were teenagers when nine 11 happened and, uh, you know, the Iraq war, things like that. And these, these kinds of things woke people up to an extent. I'm not saying like a hundred percent, like perhaps you and I, uh, how I, how we see things, but you know, even my mom, she's only, she's in her forties. Even she knows that like, you know, we were, this whole Ukraine thing, right? She's like, because partly because of just her experience and because what I've told her, she's like, oh, this is all bullshit. And I'm like, yes, we've been lied into so many wars. Like, that's a good start for a lot of people. But with these younger kids, it's I because I don't have kids and I don't really work with people that are, you know, under 20. It's kind of hard. I can't really say I really don't know. And especially because I'm so close to that generation and where I'm at in my age, I feel like I'm in between two generations, you know? I'm like on the tail end of the millennials and like the the front end of whatever the next one is like the generation. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Gen Z or whatever. Gen yeah. Z or whatever. But I'm I'm like literally like on that two year window where I was born, where it's like in between. Cause like, I remember nine 11, like vividly, but I didn't grow up with the internet until I was like eight. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have it until I was a little older. So it's, it's weird, man. And I, I, I kind of go back to like the cycles of the generations, you know, and I kind of just hope that this next generation coming up is a little more uh, smart. They're like, they're just smarter, yeah. I guess, well, you know, at least can, can at least can kind of realize that they've been lied to. But then again, they're also more vulnerable because of all the things going on too. Like their whole lives have been in this digital age. Right. But then and again, it's a double-edged sword. They have access to all that information from a young age, but also they have the, they're exposed to the indoctrination and the propaganda from that same time. So it's up to them to discern, you know? Exactly. And that's what I was going to just say too. It's like, they're more aware of it and open to it, but they're also very much rule followers. You know what I mean? Like my stepson, yeah, Yeah. my stepson, like he'll be like, he'll watch like weird little conspiracy things on YouTube and he's open to talk about stuff, but then he'll turn around and like, Oh, my teacher said we have to like start supporting the Ukraine. And I'm like, no, you don't. And it's funny. We just got an email from the school. They're starting a food drive and a charity thing for kids in the Ukraine. And I'm like, Fuck those why do- right. I'm like, why don't we start something for like the kids in our neighborhood? You know what I mean? Like I know there's homeless people that are around here or struggling families and, you know, go two towns over. There's a bunch more. Why don't we start a local charity instead of worrying about the fucking Ukraine that, but, 
And again, and then people are like, oh, you're in, you know, insensitive and stuff. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not insensitive. I want to no. take care of the community here. And yeah. then in turn, my hope is everyone will start to benefit I from mean, that. Michael Jackson said it best. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. Like, how can we as like, let's say your community, how can your community expect to make a difference when you have issues within your own community? Or you can expand that out in your own household, right? How can you in your own household, if you have issues like Jordan Peterson says, like, make your fucking bed and clean your room before you criticize the world, right? And that's true because it, it, it you, and you can expand that out. So like, okay, I made my bed, I cleaned my room. Okay, now can I look at the rest of the house, right? Like, okay, the rest of the house is a mess. Let me clean that up and fix this and do all that. Okay, now let me look at like my my backyard, right? Is my backyard like in shape? Like, is, you know, is there shit everywhere? Is the fence broken? Okay, let me fix that. And then my neighbors has a hole in their fence. Let me see if I can help that. And then you expand out from that. We it's it's insane and ridiculous to think that you can just go from like you here now to helping someone 5,000 miles away who you never meet, right? And not to say that there's not some valor or, uh, you know, human decency in doing that, but it's not insane or wrong or insensitive to be like, Hey, let's focus on here at home in our own backyard, the things that we have, we can work on, because if we're going to put this effort, I think what it is, it's a lot easier to put effort into something you're never going to experience and people feel, they feel good about it rather than, uh, in their own backyard or even in themselves too you know we see that a lot with like these these mask nazis and or whoever it may be like oh i have my own problems or like identity problems or whatever it may be like i have my own issues i'm not going to uh work on that i'm just gonna like make everybody else feel bad about my situation and you know fuck off it's just, it's ridiculous man and and <laughs> i can't believe you got an email <laughs> the school yeah, it's like it's all virtue signaling it's really all it is That's and it's really like it is, yeah in like these times where shit's expensive people are all kind of struggling with money it's like if i have 20 extra bucks like am i going to send it to some you know government program in the ukraine or am i going to help my neighbor like you said if i had to make that choice i'm going to help my neighbor obviously or i'm going to help do something more local or buy my kids something with it you know what i mean it's like i don't know it just it's ridiculous and it reminds me of that it's an old 90s movie maybe early 2000s called biodome have you ever seen yeah. it with Polly shore and one of the baldwin brothers mm -hmm. my mom because my mom was you know uh, basically a teenager in the 90s when you know when i was born and so she i got to watch all the cool movies my mom watched you know and so biodome i saw that from a very young age and i remember Polly shore going uh, like act locally think globally you know like yes it, think about the the bigger picture but you can't you can't do anything about people thousands you know thousands of miles away from you but you can act locally you can do something in your immediate surroundings to affect a global change right and it might be kind of ridiculous but it's true you know what i mean if you plant uh some vegetables and some herbs and stuff in your backyard you're making a bigger impact than you think you know what i mean if you help your neighbor who's struggling or even just needs help you know fixing some things around the house or whatever maybe you're you're making a bigger change than you think that stuff that stuff goes out it's like that movie uh pay it forward 
with mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember who was in it. Uh, that one kid who was always a kid in all the movies. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> his whole thing was, I'm going to help three people under the conditions that each of them helps three more people with something right and it became he started locally and that action spread around the world right great movie you know uh and so that's how you have to approach any situation right so what can i do locally to help the people in ukraine well i don't know maybe i can and honestly, but fuck the people in Ukraine. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck them. You know, uh, they could, what, what am I going to do? You know, right. you have to balance that kind of mindset. It is. And the other thing too, I was just going to say on, on this like idea is like, don't do it for the virtue signal. Just help someone and don't ever talk about it again. You know, like, yes, I've had situations where I've helped out my neighbor across the street or just random people. And it, it literally costs me nothing. I go jump their car or I go help them move something. And it's like, you don't realize the impact that that might've had on them. And I know you're not supposed to like talk about like the law of abundance shit, but like, for example, I jumped my neighbor's car and I let him borrow my, uh, my cart, my uh, battery charger. Cause his battery was like dying. Didn't think anything of it. No big deal. He sends me a gift card. Like a few weeks later, just like, thank you so much, you know? And it's like, I didn't ask for that. And I, I, I mean, I was grateful for it for sure, but it's like, just be humble about it. Just help people and good shit will like the karmic wheel will spin. Like you will get good things in return. Yeah. And I know like a lot of people have issues like with like the pagan karma, but it's, it's a law of the universe, man. I mean, and it's something it's, it's one of the hardest things to practice. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a dick sometimes to people at work, like these college kids who are just like are fucking retards. They can't do anything, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm not like mean to them, but I'm just like, you can figure this out. You know what I mean? Like well, you are an intelligent person, you can figure this out, and I'm kind of a dick about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I shouldn't have to do this for you, you know, but then, but when I approach it with like, okay, let me talk you through it or any situation, right? it always comes back a little bit better for me. And it's really hard to practice that. And anybody listening, it's it's worth it to practice it too, but it's extremely difficult. And it's also the same, not just with other people, but with yourself, right? You know, like I get up every morning and I do some yoga, right? Just because my, I have a bad back, I have, a, you know, uh, physical issues, you know? And if I don't put that time in, I don't get the return. You know what I mean? I don't, I feel worse throughout the day. I can barely walk sometimes. And I'm like, well, shit, I should have done my 20 minutes of yoga and felt felt better. Karma is not just, you know, person to person or universe to universe cycles. It's it can be instantaneous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it can be as simple as like, just don't put a task off. Like, oh, if I don't do the dishes tonight, like, well, then they're just going to pile up. It's like, but going back to what you said about being a dick to the college kids, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little tough love. And yeah. like one, one of the biggest things I had when I was teaching is I wanted kids to think for themselves. That was like my whole thing. Like I, I can help you if you're lacking like the grammar skills or you don't know how to structure a paragraph or something like that. I can work you through it, but I need to see that you at least made an effort to like yes. write something down or at least come up with like a topic sentence, you know, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And I've noticed this with my stepson, with my five-year-old, they, uh, it's all instant gratification and they don't really want to put the work in. So you really have to kind of put your foot down and be like, I'm not going to do this for you, 
I want to see you do something and then I'll help you afterwards. Like my stepson was writing a, an essay on, uh, I don't know, some stupid story he read, but uh, it's like, he's like, well, how do I do it? And I'm like, just write some ideas down and then we'll, I'll, I'll help you with the grammatical aspects of it afterwards. But I, I need to see you type out a few ideas before you uh, yeah, just give yeah. up. And a hundred percent is that it's like, and that goes back to like your neighbor. Like if you see your neighbor just like standing out there with like a heavy box, just kind of like waiting for someone to be like, you know, but if you see, it's like, a, it's Chris like a rock skit. Yeah, yeah. It's like a scientific fact. Like if you see somebody like, uh, if you see someone stuck on the side of the road, stuck, just sitting there, you're more likely to just drive by. But if you see them pushing their car, you're more likely to stop and help them push the car. You 100%. Because I mean? that's 100% true. If I saw my neighbor just standing there with a box in his hand, I'd be like, fuck this asshole. I'm not helping him. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I have a funny story to tell about my neighbor, right? So your neighbor is your neighbor seems like a like a guy who struggles a lot. Let's hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking shit about it. He's a very nice guy, but this is just kind of funny. And it just reminded me of this because there was a while like, kind of like September ish, like summertime ish, where they were getting really chummy. And I'm not like the most social person. Like, I don't like going over to people's houses. I don't like hanging out and doing stuff like that. And like my son was hanging out with his son. And uh, they came over and they had a bunch of uh, butterflies like that they were hatching. And they like released them in the yard and whatever. And it was cool. Like my son got to let some butterflies go. But uh, so then they came back a second time with the next batch of butterflies. And <laughs> I don't even my this kind of goes back a little bit so we're inside and my son got some toy with like googly eyes in it right and he stuck one on my forehead okay and i totally forgot it was there like i just <laughs> so i just had this stupid googly eye right in the center of my head and uh they like came over we were in the middle of dinner and they like knocked on the door to like release this second batch of butterflies and i come outside answer the door we, we release the butterflies and they're just looking at me funny the whole time and I, I, I have no idea. And then like, I come back inside and my wife's like, what's that on your head? <laughs> I had the stupid googly eye on there. My hair's all wild. I'm wearing like camouflage or tie dye or something weird. So they haven't really come over and talked to us since then. And it's oh, just no. like, <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing, but it's just like, I can't help but think like I freaked him out a little bit walking out with like a third eye <laughs> stuck to my head. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i just had no clue i had it on but yeah i don't know it's it's funny Dude, googly eyes are a powerful tool you know what i mean like you can do a lot with the google i bought a set of assorted googly eyes with like a sticky back so you can just stick them on stuff mm -hmm. and i work in a, like a wood shop so i would take like the the different googly eyes and i'd put them like on like a a pair of pliers or like a wrench or something so it looked like a monster you know biting down on something and it's just silly you know what i mean it's fun and so, like, I encourage my students, like, hey, here's these googly eyes. Put them on something and make it funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's fun. You know, you got to have a little fun every now and then, even if it's something ridiculous as, like, sticking. And especially when you have kids, too. You got to – I'm sure you're not the only parent who's freaked out the neighbors because you were, you know, in a full face of makeup or you had shit, you know, drawn on your face and stuff. I'm sure they get that. They, But they are probably like, oh, he's, like, really busy with his kids. We probably should, like – give them a little bit of space you know what i mean so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that that's funny though that's very oh yeah funny. i'm not i'm not worried about it but it's just it's funny because i like went through this whole 
process of filming my son release butterflies and I have a fucking third eye like glued to my head. <laughs> Maybe probably they, like-, like this guy's too awake for us. He's got a <laughs> eye open. We can't can't handle it. But hey, dude, did you want to get into some paranormal stuff? I have a couple of stories yeah. uh, to talk about. Nothing too crazy, but uh, I, I don't know. So, you know, paranormal stuff like is is this what you're into? I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit, but like what kind of paranormal like what do you consider paranormal you know i consider anything that is for lack of a better word not normal something that's odd that you really can't explain okay that can be it can be a dream it can be a lucid dream something like that it can be you saw something out of the corner of your eye i don't really set too strict of a parameter on what i consider paranormal if it was weird and it made you feel uncomfortable or you just didn't really know how to quite explain it or it's something that you wouldn't tell someone on like the first time you met them like oh this happened to me you know what i mean okay yeah okay so, so i have i have a couple of things so i i work in the theater right i went to school for acting and directing and live performance and things and uh traditionally and historically theaters are haunted right mm-hmm. um for whatever reason right and so a big thing in like a big tradition in theater is a, what's called a ghost light and so when uh you know like at the end of the night after rehearsal or after a show or whatever you have this ghost light which is like a light bulb on a pole that you just put out in the middle of the stage and that's what that's the light that stays on overnight it's partly a safety thing like so when someone comes in the next morning they're not in the complete dark but also it's it's for the ghosts in the theater to um to play at night so that they can have some light at night while everyone else leaves and so the the theaters that i've worked in all every theater i've worked in has a ghost like a a in-house ghost or spirit or something and so um uh, my college theater had i don't remember the ghost's name i don't remember but he was a former student uh who had killed himself in the theater he hung himself with an extension cord over the over the audience and um and so i remember one night i was rehearsing uh i was rehearsing for a show um and i wish i remember the ghost's name i feel like i'm not doing him justice by talking about it without his name but he uh you know we're rehearsing a show and in rehearsal you know in a full auditorium there's only the director a stage manager and like a couple other people like actually in the audience right but this the the story behind this ghost is that he loved to watch rehearsals uh because he was a, a student like he loved to like watch other students learn and grow and like you know figure things out in the rehearsal process not necessarily during shows like performances but during the rehearsal process and so i remember on multiple occasions i would watch uh I would be on stage rehearsing and like, whether it was my line or not, if I was just seen in there, I'd look out and there was always one chair because they were like the foldy chairs, you know, like you, you sit down on them. And then when you get up, they fold back up, you know, Mm -hmm. there was always one chair, an empty chair that was down as if someone was sitting in it. And for a while it was like the same chair. Right. So I was like, Oh, that chair might just get stuck or stick or whatever. But after a while, I, I kind of started paying attention to it and it, the, it kind of moved around like from week to week, like the, this chair was some, it was always a different chair. It was, so 
very interesting that because when you you know when you go to a theater like whether for school or to like work there in a professional setting you always hear the ghost stories and stuff right and we had heard the story about this one ghost who always watches rehearsals and he he sits and watches and so it was fascinating to see it wasn't like a scary thing you know it was more of like a like a homage you know what i mean like a kind of like an honor thing to like you know like i salute you sir kind of thing like he's sitting there watching me and all of us do this art of theater that he loved so much but he you know he was a struck he was struggling and he couldn't handle it but he still loved the the art of theater and so every time after i noticed it like it was always a different chair was just down and it would never and it would be down the whole time that we were at rehearsal and then the next day during the day all the chairs were up and then you know at night one chair would always be down it's very fascinating that's that's interesting and i mean it's really cool and i haven't told this to a lot of people the last few guests i've had i kind of talked about this i have um I'm not going to say it's a superpower or anything, but I, I'm very sensitive to like certain stories and stuff. So when I hear something that uh, I believe is true, I notice I get like tingles like up my neck and on my back and stuff. And when you said that the chair was down, I got that. So I, it's just, it's interesting. I mean, I believe you a hundred percent and it's just, it's just so fascinating. Cause I always wonder like what, what are your opinions on like, what are these spirits? Are they just literally trapped here? Do they not know that they didn't go to the light? Like, cause it's just so interesting that he, this ghost is continuing to watch these performances, see them at different angles. Like it's, it's interesting to me. Like, does he know he's dead or does he think he's still part of the crew? And, you know? And I honestly, I don't think I can answer that definitively. Like, I don't know if they're trapped souls or they're, um, just visiting from beyond because they love it or they're 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 connected to this place or this this uh, activity. Um, I don't know. I think it can be a, a variety of things. I, I'm not one to speak on that just because I, I really don't know. But there's no there's right some, answer. There, yeah, there's no right answer. But there is something significant, especially about um, it because it, it's not a scary thing. You know what I mean? It's not like he's haunting the theater, even though there are, were a few times when you know, you get pretty spooked, like you're, you're working a late night, you're working on the set, building it, uh, you know, two, you know, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., you know, late nights, you can get pretty spooked sometimes with, because this same ghost was also, um, was kind of like a trickster, like, because the, the old professors would say like, oh, he was, he was kind of a prankster, you know, because uh, the, they remember the student from stories and from years before. And so it was almost like if you got scared, it would scare you. You know what I mean? Like right. if you were open to that, you were opening yourself up to experience those kinds of things. But if you were there, um, and that's like the importance of the ghost light, right? So like, I would, I would make sure like if I was the last one in the theater to plug in the ghost light and I would say, Oh, his name was Knox. This was the name of the ghost Knox. I would always say good night Knox when I left, you know what I mean? Cause I knew like I'd seen him in the chair I'd, I've, I'd heard sounds, you know, in the weird dark corn theaters are scary places just in general. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's a theatrical setting, you know, like you're not supposed to see certain things as an audience member, but when you're kind of in that world, you kind of know all the nooks and crannies of a place and stuff. And man, things would, it would, things could just jump out at you, you know, that you might not expect. And so I, 
with this particular ghost, I would have to say that it was probably somebody, and I, I'm pretty sure the story was he did kill himself in that space, in that theater. And Do you I'm know how sure. long how long ago it was? Or I think it was like 20 years before I was there, maybe okay. a little longer. Um, and it was an old building. It was a building built in like the 60s. So it, it it was the same space, you know. And I would have to say that the reason that he was stuck around, if it, you know, if we're assuming this was true, um, it's that he just his he's attached to that somehow to not only to the art but to the space and to the um the art form it, itself like he he just loved it so much that um you know and it was always in a different place so maybe he, he maybe he in his life he wanted to be a director or something or he really loved uh kind of like watching theater itself because in an, a performance with like a full audience there was never it was never like that you know all the chairs were empty you know um, so yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stuff when it comes to, and it's every theater almost, I don't know if it's something that surrounds the art form. Um, but yeah, that's something that I I've seen a lot in a lot of places I've been worked in that there's some sort of entity that not only guides over the, th like watches over the theater because it's like a, almost like a safe thing. You know, you hear about, you know, malevolent ghosts in theaters, but for the most part, they're friendly they just either want to fuck with you or they want to actually like watch you do good you know right and it's almost like i mean i tend to believe ghosts are what we call ghosts are just like residual energy in a sense so it's like yeah, yeah you know clearly if this kid or guy committed suicide that's a pretty dramatic you know act and yeah the theater is all about drama and you know intense emotions and things like that so it's a pretty energetic place to begin with a lot of people move in and out of there so oh, dude. well and theater is founded on like if you go back to like the greeks it was like a cathartic experience to like right. listen to these stories in these plays and the whole audience is experiencing the same thing right it's not like when you watch a movie at your house and like you're like oh, okay but like in that in that physical setting which is you know the whole covid thing like they kind of took that away from us like concerts theater performances all this stuff it's like a group experience everyone's experiencing the same thing and it's a very powerful experience that's why i got into it because i loved that feeling so much um and yeah it's a very energetic place with or without a ghost you know what i mean there's a lot that happens there uh whether it's in a performance or like really someone struggling like actors are dramatic emotional people and you know they put all that energy out there the audience comes and they get feel that too. So it's, it's, I, I think you're right. It's a, it's an energy thing. It's a residual energy. Yeah. I just, and like you said, I mean, I've, I've done a little acting. I was in a couple plays in high school and I took a couple classes in college, but nothing too serious, but it is, it's a very, a lot of people, like I was very drawn just to the theater in general. Like it's a cool place to be, you know? And like you said, there's always like a little spooky aspect to it, but I, I do think that like the reason why maybe a lot of theaters are haunted quote unquote is because there's such, I would say sports stadiums are probably very similar courthouses, things that were like a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, like yeah. tragic, yeah. Uh, very emotional things, hospitals, things like that, where there's just a lot of energy and yeah. a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of events happen there. So it's like, 
I don't know. I mean, it get, we can get into the whole energy thing. Like it doesn't get created or destroyed, but it just, I, I feel like it just kind of gravitates towards certain places like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so I've got another one, another mm-hmm. kind of related story at the same school when I was in, in college, uh, we had a costume shop, you know, where they build all the costumes and stuff like that. And there's this one professor who was there for like 35 years and he's still there now. Like he was, he's an amazing, talented human being. And he would uh, tell me stories about uh, the costume shop. And so uh, our theater was weird. Like it's like the building's like on a hill. So like you could walk in on the ground floor and then still take the elevator up and walk out on the ground floor. It was like very odd like that. Like it was just very hilly and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so the, the costume shop was technically on the second floor and underneath it was uh, a storage closet. And you see this poster right behind me, the (laughs) art of Africa poster with, I call this guy Kambuki. Well, it's interesting though. It's actually from, it's a picture of a art piece that was from the, Metropolitan Museum of Art in the Michael C. Rockefeller wing of the museum. So there's a whole Rockefeller aspect, you know, deep state, whatever it is. But this is it's just a picture of the exhibit from the museum, right? This this it's an African tribal mask, but it's just a photo poster of the actual mask. And I actually got this from college. Like they were getting rid of old posters and artwork and stuff. And I took it. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, but the, the, at one point, and I want to say like the eighties or the nineties, it maybe the early two thousands. I don't, I really don't know. It was before my time there that the, the college received a donation from, uh, a museum or an art collector or, or something. We had tons of weird, like statues and stuff all around campus. So some rich fuck was like, love to give us shit. Right. So at one point we, we received a collection of actual African tribal artifacts and paintings and sculptures and things to be presented in the art department and things like that. But at at a certain point, they all got put into this storage closet, right? And the thing was, all of these artifacts were from different tribes and different regions of Africa. And that once they all got put in this closet underneath the costume shop, shit started getting really weird, right? Like, um, they would, uh, the, the professor had, and I believe I trust this man, you know what I mean? I believe what he says. He said he would be working, you know, late at night or early in the morning when no one else was around. And he would just hear like screaming in the, underneath the floor. And like, like, uh, like almost like someone gotten like in a fight, like a fist fight, like, you know, things were rumming, you know, rummaging around and like shit banging on the walls and stuff underneath, you know, like when you have a annoying a neighbor, like if you live in an apartment complex, you got someone underneath you who's like a domestic abuser and they're just like punching their wife all night. And you're like, oh my God, fucking stop. He's like, that's how it was in underneath the costume shop. And I was like, oh my, like, and he, but then he'd go down there and open it up and nothing would, nothing would happen. Right. So that, and then to add on to that, he said, and ever since that happened, I would find pennies placed all over the costume shop. Sometimes I'd find 30 cents in a day in pennies, just like placed in random places in the costume shop. And I've heard of like other similar ghost stories of like finding little like dimes or bits of silver or gold or whatever, just like placed around places, you know, in a specific area. 
with and you ask someone, hey, did you drop a penny? Did you put a penny? And they're like, fuck, no, I don't know. I don't carry cash or coins or change or whatever. It's like, so that's we go back to energies, like all of these conflicting kind of artifacts carry some sort of energy with them. And it was conflicting, man. It was not jiving well with the other energies down there. And it was actually uh, manifesting itself outward up, you know, up one floor into this costume shop where these poor people just trying to sew costumes were just being terrorized by these uh, happenings that were that they were experiencing, like finding pennies, hearing loud screams and bangs and shit just disappearing, you know, and that's I mean, that's I don't I don't think that's anything to do with the theater per se, but it was just like these particular artifacts had some sort of bad juju with them when they were all put together. And that's, I mean, I 100% believe that objects can hold frequencies and energies and that gets into the whole crystal stuff too. And we can talk about crystals in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, especially if they were like, let's just say they were like warring tribes. I mean, there's, there's your fight. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you have a medicine. They were warring tribes. They were like from a specific region where, you know, cause in, you know, in a tribal Africa, there's, you could be two miles from another tribe and you don't vibe with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, uh, dude, it was when I heard that, I, like you said, I got the chills when, when this, pro, when this professor told me that I was like, oh my God. And he was like, take this fucking thing, take it out. He, Cause this is obviously not an artifact. It's just a poster, but he was like, we got that with all this stuff. You know what I mean? And so with this particular poster, I've tried to just treat it with respect, even though it's just a poster and things like that. But I've tried to just like, you know, because the eyes kind of follow you too. Even though it's just a picture, you can kind of like well, when you walk by. I'm not it, gonna lie to you. That's the first thing I've I noticed when you hopped on, and I've been staring at that poster since. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of there. It is. You can kind of see it a little better. It's it's it's, it's interesting. Quite, it's very interesting. Very interesting. I was gonna say with the cursed, I'm, I'm cursed objects, but objects cursed, holding anything. I think cursed is 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 valid. I I don't think it's a bad thing to say cursed because. To the uh, untrained observer, perhaps it is a curse. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I've gotten gifts from people that I know don't like me. And there's like, uh, I never felt right with them. I've always either donated them or got rid of them and things like that. And I just feel like that energy kind of sticks to it. But this is an interesting story. Like, I can't really confirm this. My mom has told me this. This is when I was like little, like a year or two old. So I don't remember this, but. My dad, he's kind of a collector of things. He's, he's a little bit of a pack rat. But I guess when I was little, he got this like rocking horse that used to be part of a. It was like a part of a carousel. And they like someone turned it into like a rocking horse or whatever. And it was a really. Yeah, that's really but, cool. But uh, so I guess he got it and they had it in my room when I was little. And I was having these like crazy night terrors once they put this thing in my room. And I don't remember this at all. But my mom was like, get that thing out of our house before <laughs> it like she she just never liked it. And like, e I guess they had it for a couple days. And I was just like waking up screaming in the middle of the night, like just like uncontrollable. And as soon as they got rid of that thing, it like it all went away. But that's oh, that kind of makes me nervous, too. And and when you, you said gifts, you know, like when you give somebody like a Christmas present, like if you put a lot of like intention behind it you know what i mean every time 
like let's say it's even if it's like a pair of socks right but you like pick someone out like this funny pair of socks or whatever like a cool pattern or whatever every like i know me personally like when i wear those socks i think about that person you know mm -hmm. what i mean so there's like an intention behind not necessarily like the object itself right but it's like it was the act of like receiving it so whether the, an object was designed to have some sort of energy like an artifact or something that can carry energy too but even just like let's say i handed you like i don't know like a cool pen or something and i was like nico i really thought about you when i got this pen i want you to have it you know every time you use that pen you're gonna think of me and like how i made you feel so it's not absurd to say that like that can't happen with anything with any object with anything i mean i i, I don't know about you but like i still have like my blankie from when i was a little kid you know like the blankie my mom swaddled me in like i still have it i slept with it until i was like 20 uh, you know in my yeah, bed yeah. but now it's in a drawer somewhere but still i still have it because of that intention behind it you know what i mean oh yeah and i i still have a ton of stuff from like i have my uh some of my ninja turtle toys from like when i was little and like my son plays with them now and it's just it's really cool to see that like and they're just stupid ninja turtle toys they're not really worth anything but it's cool to see like that generation like i'm hoping he keeps them in good shape and saves them and maybe gives them to his kids and stuff but it's it is weird and like same thing too like going back to my son like we still have his like onesie that he came home from in the hospital with you know it's like there's like just certain things like we can't get rid of that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh but yeah going back to like the gifts and stuff too like i've gotten gifts from like my cousins and stuff and i don't talk with any of my cousins anymore and it's just like there's no love behind it. You know, there's no, it's just like, they just got this thing, you know? And that was a big thing for me this Christmas is I wanted to really, I didn't want to buy gifts. I wanted to put like intention and stuff behind them. So I, I got into um, rock tumbling and stuff this fall and like tumbling my own crystals and just different rocks. And rock what is rock tumbling? Like, so it's like a big barrel you get. And you, you put it on this thing, you put rocks and crystals and stuff in there with different grits and it like smooths them out. So like when you go to the oh, it's like, a, like an industrial like tumbler that like sands and smooths things down. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So like, um, yeah, anytime you buy like a polished crystal from a shop or whatever, it's typically tumbled. You can get raw ones. But yeah, so like everyone I gave gifts to, I gave them different crystals and rocks and I made candles for everyone with like certain essential oils and like you know people have told me it's freaking witchcraft and i'm like whatever dude you know but it's like i put love in like you know like i know my mother-in-law likes certain scents so like she got one with a specific scent my parents got one and it's just like i don't know i mean they all appreciated them but to me it felt better giving that dude i did the same exact thing this christmas like i i'm a woodworker right i work with i'm a carpenter and stuff and i i came across some really nice uh cedar aromatic cedar wood it's basically it's a eastern red cedar and so when you when you cut into it it's basically like purple and it's like red and pink and purple colored wood and you can smell it from a mile away like it's so aromatic it smells so good it's not like normal cedar posts you buy it like home depot right and so i i got some of this stuff and i've been hanging on to it for a while and i made things like i made my mom like a cutting board and my dad like a, a serving tray and soap dishes and like you know little like just little basic things that i could i could make uh quickly because i was crunched for time 
but I really it was like one I want to save some money that's part of it but two I really like this is my labor and my time going into it it might as well have been money that I spent but like I really thought about I really think these people my family and my friends or whatever will will at least use this you know what I mean they'll put it in their kitchens they'll do something with it but it's it's all about that intention behind it you know what I mean part of the intention was yeah I'm trying to save a little bit of money but a bigger part was like I want to you know everyone knows and my family knows I'm a carpenter but they don't really see it you know what I mean they don't really see the work I do so let me let me give them something that I think they'll appreciate and it I don't know if they cared but I felt better about it you know what I mean I felt really good about these gifts you know and it was like I'm and I you know package it all cute with like you know uh wrapping paper and tissue paper and stuff and it was like a little set of things you know and i thought it was really cool you know and whether they like it or not like i at least put that love out there and that intention and some some blood sweat blood and sweat equity with it you know that's worth something at least on the cosmic scale i don't know but you know that and i i want to keep doing that because i i one it's good for me because i get to practice my craft a little bit and work on some things that I might not get to work on at work, but I can do it on my own time. And I, I think that's super cool, dude. I'd love to learn how to make candles, dude. That's something like I want to like go full <laughs> fucking fight club making candles. Yeah, it's, it's really not that hard. I mean, you need a pot to melt your wax in and you need a jar and a wick. You know what I mean? Like I want to start looking into making my own wick soon, but I just buy them pre-made Yeah, uh, just for ease. But yeah. And then it's like, you know, I put certain oils in it and then I decorate them with little crystals and like herbs and stuff on top. So, yeah, I mean, I could see how someone would say that's freaking witchcraft, but, you know, it's it's fun for me. But like I know and again, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything like that, but I know I put love into them. There was no hate or anything bad. arrogant about that, dude. Well, mm-hmm. I will say you said there's no hate. <laughs> I did. Certainly when I was making my brother's gift, I was like, fuck this asshole. He hasn't talked to me in two months. He's going to get the shittier versions of all the stuff. You know what I mean? Because I would like make them in batches, you know, and I'd fuck one up and I'd be like, my brother can have that one, you know, (laughs) but no, that's, that's important, dude. And, um, you know, with crystals and stuff too, I, I, I know you were wanting to talk about that. That's something that I'm just now getting into. You probably know a little bit more than me. Um, but as someone who is new to it, I could probably tell you like my experience with, with crystals and how they've made me feel and you can maybe tell me what i'm doing right or wrong or or whatever but um yeah what, i guess like give me a quick a quick quick breakdown of like crystals as they are to you you know all right so for me i was my wife was always into them and i was very anti this shit i went through a phase where i was going through like the hebrew roots movement and everything was fucking witchcraft and devil work and <laughs> bullshit like that and you kind of look like a like a Yasidic Jew right now, dude. Killing, <laughs> killing it, dude. But uh, yeah, so then I had my son, and that shit all went away, and I stopped caring about nonsense like that. But um, like my wife didn't have any of her crystals out or anything like that, and I'm I'm very new into this too, so I'm not like an expert okay. by any means. I just, but uh, this summer, it was June of this year. A lot of weird shit happened June of 2021 for me, but that's another story for month, right. It was a weird month. It was. There's a lot of, I don't know if it had something to do with like the solstice this that this past year or something, but it, it, a lot of weird energies and stuff going on. But anyway, so my wife 
had a bunch of crystals and she didn't put them out or anything. And uh, my son was like playing around in our closet and he like climbed up on a shelf and like knocked this thing down and the whole bowl of crystals just spilled out on the floor. And I was like kind of pissed like, oh, come on, don't touch mommy stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like picking them up and trying to put them away. So like, you know, doesn't look like anything happened. And I pick up a- I'm going to say with my, my, with my dogs, dude, when my dogs fuck something up, I'm like, fix it before mom sees. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm picking them up and I put them back in the jar and I pick up this little piece of hematite. And I was like, huh, that's a really cool rock. And I just kind of looked at it and I was like holding it. And I picked up the rest of them and I noticed I was still holding it. And I like felt really good holding this thing. And then I was like, all right, I'll put it back. Uh, and then I had like this like weird golem moment where it was like my precious. And I kept kind of going back into my closet and like oh, that's weird, dude. <laughs> holding, that's holding weird. this rock. Like it, I wasn't even like doing it like on purpose. You know what I mean? It was just like, I'd go pick out a shirt or whatever and I'd see it and I'd just pick it up and look at it again and kind of stare at it for a minute. Oh, dude, it was calling your name. It was like, so I still have that one. Obviously, like I, I don't have it down here with me right now. It's up in my room, but yeah. So then I was like a couple times I looked at it and then finally I just said to my wife, I was like, Hey, do you want to go to, a, is there any like crystal shops around here? And she was like, yeah, let's go to one. And then it just kind of blew up from there. And I started really looking into it. And, uh, I've noticed a huge difference in my, um, temper, I guess I'll say. Not that I'm like a fly off the handle crazy person all the time, but I definitely could be, <laughs> you know, I can, yeah, I yeah. can, I can lose my shit pretty easily. I try not to, but it happens, but I've noticed that they've calmed me down a lot. I've noticed certain ones help me think a little clearer. Like I have my podcasting set that I have, like I hold them and I, Oh shit, dude, I probably need to get a podcasting crystal. <laughs> so for me, what I do is I, I, find like ones that are specific for like the throat chakra and i just kind of incorporate them into it so i have like a piece of uh blue lace agate here uh my sapphire and a couple other blue rocks and stuff but yeah i just i, I keep them down here when i'm podcasting and uh interesting dude. that's interesting and you feel like it helps you i feel like it helps me and again it this it could be mind over matter it could be like and that's um, that's what i say about crystals shit is like mm -hmm. You know, the placebo is a powerful, uh, you know, instrument in the world, right? The placebo effect. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, you, you hear stories about people who have terminal stage four cancer, like they're going to die within weeks. And the doctor's like, just try, I, whether they're fucking with them or not, the doctor's like, hey, I, uh, you know, found this uh, special experimental medicine, medicine made just for you that's going to cure you of your cancer. <clears throat> the people the patients take it and their cancer goes away and it's just a sugar pill you know what i mean like mind over matter is and that's something my dad has always preached to me like mind over matter mind over matter and it didn't it took me a long time like up until like recently and i'm still struggling with it like to actually understand and implement that and same with like the crystal like so i have a i i just got my this is my first crystal i got around my neck it's a it's a elite shungite crystal so it's like basically like 98% pure carbon mm -hmm. and it's hanging around my neck. It's, it looks really cool, you know? And, uh, same thing. I thought this was all woo woo bullshit or whatever, but I was like, well, if I believe that it works, then it's going to work, you know? And, and I was for months and months, I've been struggling with like phantom chest pains, you know, and like anxiety attacks. Like I'd, 
I'd feel like a fan and I still deal with it, but it's not as severe. I'd get like a phantom pain in like my shoulder, <clears throat> my left shoulder. And I think it's all because one time I looked up, like if you have a heart attack, your left shoulder will hurt, will hurt. And I'm like, okay, so anytime my left shoulder hurts, I'm having a heart attack. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so when really it's probably just like, I've got a knot in my back because I'm so tense all the time. And so I would, I got this crystal and I like, and it, it, it apparently absorbs like EMF radiation um, and kind of just grounds you, you know? And so ever since I started wearing it, my anxiety levels overall, I'm not saying a hundred percent, but overall have decreased. Um, <clears throat> I feel a little bit more clear in the mind, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, if I have a Bluetooth headphone in, I, I don't freak out that I'm gonna, you know, melt my brain cells. Um, and then like, I, I, and at the same time, I started putting my phone on airplane mode. Uh, you know, when I go to sleep, I put it, you know, far away from me when I put it on the charger and stuff. So at, like to your point, and, and what I was saying is that like, even if it is a mind over matter thing, who cares? <laughs> it it works. It works. And the thing with like Shungite and uh noble Shungite, elite Shungite, whatever you want to call it. Um, it does have some actual physical properties. Like if you put that thing in front of maybe, maybe a smaller piece might not have as big of an effect, but if you put it in front of your, like your Wi-Fi. Well, I bought a bag of the regular Shungite, like not mm -hmm. the elite Shungite. Mm -hmm. And I put it on top of my router one day and my fiance was home and she was like, the internet's not working. Yeah. It will block some EMFs. Like there are some real factors to it. And like um, my wife got me. So I, a lot of people have been telling me I'm an empath. My wife is I, definitely I one that from you too. I'm not an empath by any means, but I get that vibe from you that you just the way you look at me, even through this digital space and like just your, your cadence, you know, you're definitely an empath. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just affirming your, your uh, point there. Thank you. And again, I'm still trying to learn all that stuff, like what it means and all that, but she got me a piece of uh, black tourmaline which is like the empath stone. A lot of people say, and I've noticed when I, I feel weird if I don't wear it, if I leave my house, like I don't wear it in my house. Cause there's no like real negative energy. I'm trying to like repel, but I've noticed if I forget to wear it outside, weird shit happens. Like people approach me, uh, just, you know, annoying stuff that I don't want. It's kind of but, odd, odd things, right? Yeah, like odd. I, I witness weird shit. It's like it's hard to explain, but when I have it on, like it does feel like there's like a, a barrier up where people won't like just come up and approach me. Like people, I, I don't know what it is, and I'm not being arrogant or like saying anything like this, but it's like I can go into a grocery store and people just come up and ask me questions, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you know, same here, man. It's so weird. It's like, like I'm looking for something just as hard as you're look as you're looking for something, but you think I know where your something is when really I'm just trying to find the shit that I need. <laughs> right. And like, uh, I mean, I don't like, I'm a very friendly, nice person. I'll talk to anybody, but I don't give off the vibe that I want to be your friend. Like when I'm in the grocery store, I want to get in and get out. Oh, but it's I like, I hate the grocery store, dude. It like, I get so much anxiety. Like we, we started doing the Walmart delivery, you know, we mm -hmm. pay 10 bucks a month to get our groceries delivered unlimited, you know, and I was like, mm -hmm. I'll pay $200 a month to never go to Walmart, <laughs> you know, know. it's that, worth it. Again, Walmart is one of those places where it's like, I just get the weirdest interactions with people. Like they just, yeah. 
and I know that's Walmart. I mean, that's there's memes about it. People of Walmart, things like that. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like it just it, it's bizarre. Like, I don't give off a vibe where I'm like, hey, I want to talk to you. But it's like people just come up and they're asking me questions like like I'm we, we're gluten free now. But it's like I'll be in the gluten free little aisle they have just buying pasta for my son. And it's like people come up to me and they're asking me stuff about like oh what's what's the additives in this and like where do i find this i'm like i don't work here you know but <laughs> i'm so i like again i want to say stuff but then at the same time i'm like all right i'll help you out but it's just like <laughs> i don't know but i notice when i wear that black tourmaline those interactions get cut down a lot well is that do you think that's a negative or a positive thing like because because from my experience like when i'm out and about and i talk to people and it could just be being in a small town everybody kind of is friendly and talks to each other mm -hmm. but like i kind of enjoy those little interactions with people like you know i whether i can help them or i'm i'm being useful or not like it's kind of fun to just kind of you know yeah i put agree. On that like friendly neighbor face and be like yeah you know like i like it even happened to me today i was buying uh I, we make our own dog food right so i was buying some long uh, grain brown rice with uh, amongst other things and the lady behind me in line like i put the rice down on the thing to get it scanned or whatever uh and the you know the lady's checking me out but the lady behind me was like what do you do with your rice like because i bought it was just like a big bag of rice and she, she was like what do you do with all that rice and i was like well I, I make dog food for my dogs and she was like Oh, and she was an older lady and stuff. And then she was like, oh, you know, that's so cool. We, yeah, I've tried that before and stuff. And I was like, so we had this little interaction, which was, you know, nice. She was a nice lady and stuff. But it was just like, I, I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I was like, who asks people right. why they're getting the groceries that they're getting? You know what I that's, mean? That's what I'm getting at. It's like, I don't, there's, there's definitely been some negative interactions where people are just, they give off a bad vibe. And I'm like, just get away from me. But 90% of the time, 99% of the time, it's just, it's like that people are just asking you questions. And it's like, me personally, I would never go out of my way to ask someone why they have those specific things in their cart. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, not my weird, business. Right? I don't yeah, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know, some it, it is what it is, man. But it's like, people just they're funny. But yeah, it's most of the time, it's not a, it's never a negative interaction. And I'm always willing to talk to people and hear them out and whatnot. But it's just interesting, because if I have that uh, crystal on, I, I noticed if the, those interactions do happen, they are very like friendly, awesome. nice, yeah. you know, positive interactions and might help me, you know, might have me helping them do something or whatever. But yeah, it, it's just interesting. And I, again, the mind over matter thing, but the tourmaline also has some EMF properties as well. But I just I feel weird if I don't wear it outside yeah. and ever since i got this crystal and this is my only crystal that i have and i want to get some more um but i i feel the same way when i don't wear it i'm just gonna like i feel like a little lost you know mm -hmm. and it kind of makes me i was thinking about this a minute ago when we were talking like you know let's say we live in a simulation right and like things are just happening because they're happening and the, because of the code or whatever but what if you like crystals are like kind of like a a hardware mod you know, like they're like a mod in like a video game or something where like, you know, instead of you you, you have like, uh you know, 100 level armor or whatever in the game or whatever, because you have a mod on like that could be that could kind of explain it. You know what I mean? Like 
we're talking about energies and like the, the things that, that these objects carry, perhaps these objects that are just rocks, uh, they're, they're, I mean, if you think about it, they are hardware in the simulation. Like they're, they're uh, a hard object in the, in the code. So maybe it's just like a little piece of code or a little piece of software or hardware or whatever that kind of gives you like a, like a little power boost, like a little advantage in the game, you know, and, and you have to, un I mean, think about how many games you play. I don't know if you play games, but you know, like Skyrim or, or Zelda or whatever, like where you find a crystal and you get a power up, you know what I mean? That's like 100%. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. If you break it down to like the scientific level, this is something I'm starting to look into now. Like quartz is one of the most abundant minerals on the planet. Like yeah. a lot of the Earth's crust, if you believe in the Earth's crust, you know, <laughs> um, is <laughs> yeah. made of is made of quartz. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so interesting that like for me like okay i have my podcasting crystals like, like phone your phone is like the 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 hardware in your phone that like makes it work is quartz yeah and and they do have a specific crystalline molecular structure that does resonate energy i mean the whole crystal skull thing like i mean you could store data in quartz i don't know how to do it but someone out there knows how to do it because we have phones we have computers we have things like that but yeah it's just interesting like i noticed it is like a boost up. Like if I'm feeling a little lethargic or a little tired, I'll grab like my piece of carnelian, which is meant to, you know, give you energy and things. And again, it could be mine over matter. I'm not ruling that out, but for me, it works. You know, I pick that yeah. up, I put it in my pocket and I feel a little boost of energy. And yeah, I mean, you can go, depends on how deep you want to get into this conversation and stuff, but I kind of base it off of like the chakra system. Well, that's and something I'm not, super familiar with like I, I know about the concept of the chakras but i don't really know how the we interact with them on a daily basis you know and i i do yoga and stuff but it's really more of a physical thing for me um but i know there are ways and uh, practices you can do to improve specific chakras but I, that's just something i'm not super familiar with so if you know more about it i'd love to hear about how how that interacts with our daily lives and as well as like how crystals and other kinds of kinds of things can can improve that. So again, I'm no expert by any means. I just kind of go off of what feels right to me and what kind of works. But think of the chakra system as like an electrical circuit, right? You know how you have to have all the circuits connecting for it to flow properly. Mm -hmm. So if you have a something out of out of whack, like a short in the wire, you're right. If you have something like, let's say, I mean, you can pick any ailment or whatever, but it's like a short in the wire. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so your something's not connecting to like, say your heart chakra or your sacral chakra or some, whatever you want to say. Um, you can use the crystals. And again, this is pseudoscience, woo-woo stuff, but let's say I'm feeling a blockage in like my heart chakra. I'll pick up something that's green or pink, some type of heart chakra crystal. And the idea is like, it's going to help align that back into place, you know, and whether or not it, it all depends on the intention you put into it too. But I like to carry at least a full set of chakra crystals, like one for each uh, thing. And uh, what I've been doing now is like, cause some crystals can work for different things. Like your, your Shungite will actually work on all the, the chakras you know oh really i picked a good one then I picked yeah 
Yeah. No. And, and it's, it's interesting too. Like what the first one you like pick up, typically your intuition knows what you're looking for. So like, if that's the only crystal you ever got, like it, it would be okay. Because like, let's say you're having, you want to connect to your third eye or whatever. You could just hold that thing and meditate with that near your third eye and it will help open it. You know, hmm. if yeah. you're, if yeah. you're feeling like if you need to get your root chakra in place, like that's a good one for that too, but it, it works on all of them. Same with like clear quartz, clear quartz is like a crystal. I would recommend to anybody if they're just starting out. If you well, don't yeah, really I know, a, when I got this, the, the seller on Etsy actually sent me like a, a broken quartz mm-hmm. crystal as like a little bonus, you know, and I keep that in my pocket. Yeah. And that's another great one too. Like that the woo woo stuff is like the clear quartz amplifies whatever the other crystal is that you're carrying. Oh, okay. You know, I love that dude. I love that. So I, and that's, I mean, I, I would definitely want to get some more crystals, uh, apparently there's been a shop in in our town for a while that i have never heard about and so i want to go and just kind of like look around and and same thing like uh, the the mad hatter uh was actually the first guy who kind of got me into crystals i don't know if you've talked to him before you, oh yeah yeah uh he got me into it and uh not he got me interested in it right and and he he always said and even when he was on my podcast he was like dude, people ask me about crystal stuff all the time. Like, what do I get? What do I do? And he's like, just go and pick one out that you like, like aesthetically or whatever you're drawn to, because that's usually the one that you, your chakras or your body or your soul is craving the need for is whatever the one you're drawn to. Like, don't like, don't just go like with the intention, like, Oh, I want one to help me fix this problem or align this chakra. Like just go in empty, you know, with a blind eye and just kind of pick one out that you feel, you know, it's like when you're looking for like a cool shirt at like a store, you know what I mean? Like I don't close shop anymore. I just buy Carhartt shirts, you know, cause I'm, I'm a woodworker, but you know, when you're at a store, you know, when you used to, you know, get, get clothes, you're like, Oh, I like this shirt. And you're like, well, someone's like, well, why do you like that? And you're like, I don't know. It's, it's that same kind of thing with, with crystals. Like you got to just go and kind of feel it out and kind of see what, not necessarily what looks good, but what feels good. Right. Yeah. And just kind of shut your mind off. So like when I found that piece of hematite in my closet, like there was a bowl of crystals that fell on the floor. And I mean, all different colors, different types, that one I was drawn to. And it makes a lot of sense because hematite is a very grounding crystal. And at that mm-hmm. point, June of last summer, things were pretty crazy. And I, I needed to kind of ground myself and yeah, kind of just center myself a little better. And it's interesting. As soon as I started like carrying that thing, I started actually going outside and grounding a little more, you know, like taking my shoes off and things like that. And that's something I never did. I mean, I was up until like this last year, I would like sleep with my boots on sometimes just always ready, you know, like, Oh, in case I got to wake up in the middle of the night and run outside. (laughs) It's like, yeah. And that's something I've been kind of, you know, with all the crazy times we're coming upon that we've been dealing with, but now it seems like it's getting a little crazier you know, I like, like I told you earlier in the conversation, like I was just like pissed off, like trying to buy, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars worth of emergency food and all this shit. And I'm like, you know what, that's not the way to approach these things. If you, if you, uh, anything you approach with the, with the mindset of fear, like, you know, cause I'm buying emergency food because I'm afraid that I won't be able to eat, you know, for whatever reason, not that I'm saying you shouldn't be prepared or whatever, but it's like, okay, Kyle, come on, 
be a little bit more realistic. Like, you know, you walk outside, there's no war here. There's nothing going on. You know, it's a beautiful day. There might be chemtrails in the sky, whatever, you know, just go, move on, you know, because mm -hmm. dude, trust me, you've had some beautiful days and I, I will, I'll, I'll go outside in the morning, go to work and be like, man, it's a beautiful day. I'll come back at lunch and there's fucking chemtrails all over the sky. And I'm like, God damn it. They ruined my beautiful, lovely day of weather. You know, that's another conversation, but you know, it's just like, you gotta, uh, kind of take a step back every now and then, you know, and I think crystals are good for that. You can kind of really use them to ground yourself, not just to, uh, for a specific, uh, ailment or, uh, intention, but really just to like, get your mind right. And dude, you know what? I'm at, at this point, I'm like, it's all in the mind. It's all placebo. Right. But who cares if it works, it works. You know, so uh, maybe this weekend, I'm, I don't have much going on on Saturday. Fuck, I might go to the crystal shop and just pick up a few things and see what see what comes to mind. And uh, I'd love to be able to, like, text you or hit you up and be like, hey, dude, I got this thing. What's it do? You know, I'm sure the crystal shop people might have some information, but I'd love to share that with you, too, because you obviously know a little bit more than I do. You're still new to it, but you still kind of you, you <laughs> you've got a podcast set of crystals. I've just got one. So. It might be fun to be like, hey, I got this. And you can be like, oh, well, that's good for this. And I'll be like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I needed. You know, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of crazy how how life happens like that. Yeah. And if you want to do something <clears throat> cool, like don't, you know, obviously, if they want to help you or whatever, just, you know, be nice and whatnot. But like usually a crystal shop will hand you like a little card or something like what this is good for. Just if you have the willpower, don't read it. Just go with what you want to get. You know what I mean? like i've done it a few times and i'm a nerd so i like to look up all the properties and things like that but i try to if i go to a crystal shop now i try to um just pick what feels right you know and even if you want to be obnoxious about it close your eyes and just kind of put your hand over the bowl and like Can you imagine going into a crystal store dude, with your eyes closed and be like no don't help me i'm gonna find the one i'm gonna find the one i want no hey, dude i guarantee if they won't be shocked by that at oh, all. Oh, dude, no, I would love, you know what? I'd love, I'm going to put a little, my phone in my pocket and like record, mm -hmm. and just walk in like, I'm going to find the crystal. And, you know, if I grab a boob or two, you know, it, what, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do? You know, that's what I was drawn to, you know? Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny, dude, that like, there's, there's so much we can do um, to just kind of increase our energy and increase our, uh, awareness of things, whether that's research, whether that's uh, crystals, whether it's just, uh, you know, kind of med meditation or yoga or taking a run or eating better. There's so many things uh, that we can do to improve that. But all of them take some time and effort, dude. It's not like it's an easy thing. It, let's say you go to a crystal any a crystal shop and the one you pick out is $1,500. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you, you look at it, you're like, Oh, I like this one. You flip it over and you see the price tag and you're like, Oh fuck. You know? Yeah. I'm not buying that one. No. And another thing too, I tell a lot of people, cause again, people message me all the time on Instagram. They're like, Oh, what should I do? Or look at this crystal. I got, I tell people just walk around outside. You know, if you have like a stream or like water or like a walking trail somewhere near you look around on the ground. Like you will find a piece of quartz or you'll find something cool. You know what I mean? And maybe like, not here in West Texas. There's a lot of dirt. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of dirt, a lot of cow shit, but no, I, I agree. There's uh, cause I'm 
Well, I, I was going to say this too about crystals. I remember when I was a kid, um, my, my grandma would, would send me like uh, birthstones, but like mm-hmm. the whole uh, collection, right? And she would send me like crystals and stuff. Uh, like, you know, like a geode or like a purple quartz or things like that, you know. And I just remember like as a kid, I was really drawn to it. Like I really, really liked this stuff. Um, and like, you know, gold coins and silver coins and stuff like that. Like I, I had a huge collection of crystals and gold and coins for a really long time. And I've, I think I've since lost it. But um, I and it's interesting because like, you know, you have that innocence as a child and things like that. Like you're kind of more connected to that. Uh, the veil is thinner to a child between that like physical and spiritual world. And so when you were asking me earlier about like how I got into crystals, I was going to start with like, Oh, I've been into it for a long time, but I haven't really been. But just when I, I remember now, when I was, when I was younger, I was super into that stuff. Like, not knowing anything about it or whatever, but just like I was drawn to these precious metals, these crystals. I'd go to like flea markets and stuff and like, you know, with like 10 bucks or whatever and and buy like cool rocks. Like I had a rock collection. You know how kids are like, yeah, I had a rock collection, you know, and it's whatever. It's like, no, I literally had a rock collection Dude, of like I was the same way and stuff. And but you don't, it takes you, you know, 20 years later to realize like, oh, this was actually like something significant that i didn't realize at the time yeah and it's it's funny too because like when i was going through that phase where everything was like evil and stuff like i had a couple pieces of quartz that i found like just walking around and stuff and it's like (laughs) i i look at them now i just had them in like my nightstand and stuff my wife's like that's a crystal like you've been keeping that crystal on your nightstand and you're (laughs) saying it's devil worship and it's like i was like no that's that's just a rock it's like no that's (laughs) you know but it's pretty interesting too like my son is very into it um my stepson not so much i mean he he's okay with it but my son will just like pick up like minecraft you know uh i know kids like minecraft i'm not a huge fan but i play games similar to minecraft Mm -hmm. and a lot of those like you know sandbox kind of mining survival games you know the most valuable items are like diamond and uh iron and stuff like that like minerals and crystals that you can get maybe that's a way to get him into it i don't know yeah i mean if he wants if my stepson wants to get into it he he can get into it you know i don't try to push too much on him but like if he comes to me and he's like oh i want to go he would we have like the herkimer diamond mines about an hour from where i live the what the herkimer diamond mines it's a type of quartz it's like world famous they're like an hour from where we live but you can go there and you can like dig up your own crystals and stuff oh shit i'm gonna well, take like them there when you're a kid and you go to like the old uh dinosaur mine, like uh place mm-hmm. where like uh, allegedly the dinosaurs roamed and all died in this one spot and you can like go dig there they'll give you like a sifter and like a shovel and you can find like little fossils and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you can often find crystals and things i remember doing that as a kid like that was the coolest shit, dude. Like how many think about like kids just want to like go outside and like dig in the dirt and like find cool shit. Like I remember when I was a kid, all I wanted was like a metal detector. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Walk around the fucking suburbs with a metal detector? Like what the fuck am I going to find? But it was still fun, you know? And especially if you live in an area with like lots of national parks and like, uh, you know, public lands and things, I don't really have that here now, but 
um i imagine like that's a like kids love that shit like it's like an exploration it's like an adventure you know and that's a good way to get them uh interested in that kind of stuff because i remember as a kid like i loved geology like i was like oh my god dinosaurs rocks like sediments and stuff like how cool is that but there's a lot more to it than just like what you learn in like your stupid little textbooks and it's so funny like i think i was in like fifth grade and you know how they like hand out the rock samples and you have to like identify the rocks maybe it was middle school i don't remember but i got in trouble because i tried to steal a piece of uh obsidian like the stuff that looks like glass i was like oh i really like this rock and the teacher was like no you can't take that <laughs> but it's just funny but yeah um in the fall of 2021 we went to cape cod and i was just looking around on the beach and dude i found so many pieces of smoky quartz on the beach and i'm like yeah tumbling them now i'll send you some uh, once they're oh, done you, got a, you actually have a tumbler that you like yeah. tumble stuff in yeah oh that's cool dude that's yeah really so cool. it, it takes it takes about a month to do each batch because you got to go through the stages so like you throw them in on the rough grit it's like uh, it's like with wood too like you, if you're gonna sand a piece of wood you start at like 80 grit move up to like 100 120 150 mm -hmm. 200 220 240 300 you know, you got to go mm -hmm. through all the grits to really make that grain pop yeah, uh, dude. on a piece of wood. I, I, I get that, dude. I get that 100%. And then like the polish that I use is like 14,000 grit or something. And that's what gets it <laughs> like that super shiny glass look. But yeah, dude, I'll send you some. That'd um, be great, dude. I'd love that. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it's one of those things where it's like it's like a hobby now. But I, I do notice that I have gained something from it like my my life has improved um since carrying them but uh yeah um i was gonna ask too do you have any other paranormal stories um so i i was thinking dude when you like i said when you asked me this i was like oh man uh one um so like you asked me when i got like when i was a kid like when i got into conspiracies and stuff ever since I was a kid, my dad was always telling me about like aliens and stuff like that. So like, that's kind of part of it. Like I always like thought I was going to be like, you know, when you're in your room as a kid late at night and you can't fall asleep, you're like, you're always thinking like, Oh, someone's watching me. Like I'm going to get abducted or whatever. I don't have any stories like that, but I do remember. Um, so I actually live like 10 miles from the second largest Canyon in the country. It's called Paladuro Canyon. Uh, like the Comanches are really bit, like that was their stronghold back in the day. Um, it's a it's a beautiful place. And there's actually a, a theater show that happens out there every year called Texas. It's like it, it's just a musical called Texas with an exclamation point, Texas. And uh, so, you know, my first year here in the area in the Panhandle, I went and watched it. But it's like miles out into the canyon. And it's just like away from the city. It's dark. I mean, it's you can see the galaxy. It's it's just beautiful, right? And so at one point, I found myself like not really watching the show because it's at night. You know, it's outdoor theater, and I'm looking up, and I I see like two little like what I thought were stars, right? They're just two little like you know stars in the sky. Because I've, I've I'm, man, these are so many. Star I haven't seen this many stars in years, right? Because uh, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And I just see these two stars and they are, are like moving closer to each other. They're like getting closer and closer and closer. And then they start to like spin around each other. They just start spinning around each other, spinning around each other. And they keep like doing that. And they like kind of coalesce into like one 
one thing. You know how they say like stars like collide and like become one thing or like black holes like come together and like become one giant black hole. Yeah. It was yeah. like that, but with like two little stars in the sky. And I couldn't, and I'm literally watching this happen while the show's going on. I'm just looking straight up. Like I was like, that's, there's no way that's a UFO. You know what I mean? Like UFOs don't behave like that. It was too far away. You know, it really looked like two stars in the sky very quickly were like coming together and it was like right above me. And I just remember like, what is that? What is, what is that? I, and I, I can't, to this day, I can't explain what it is that I saw. Cause it's not like they were like big bright lights or, um, you know, some, you know, UFO moving across the sky. It was like, literally like, um, I looked up, there were these two stars with all the other stars in the sky. And then I looked up again and these two little stars just started kind of spinning around each other like in like a spiral and then they just became one and they disappeared and i was like what that's that and i you know i don't have a whole lot of paranormal experiences but that was one that just has always stuck with me because like you know my parents were with me they came down to see the show and stuff and i just was like i didn't tell anybody about it because it was like kind of so insignificant but also extremely strange you know i was like what the fuck did i just see you know yeah and and it's those moments where you're like <clears throat> they're kind of like the moments that just not so much wake you up but just make you question like what the hell are we living in like what was that was it did i just witness like what a past culture would call like angels or like star people like who the hell knows you know it's yeah. it's very it, i consider the paranormal and the spiritual to be kind of one and the same Because a lot of my uh, paranormal experiences have been spiritual or have led me to spiritual things. So, yeah, I I think who knows? I mean, it could have been anything. Could have just been. Could have just. And and how I think about it is like it was just for me. Right. Like that one little thing was just for me. Whoever or whatever was showing me that it was just for me. And it's for me to kind of figure out. And I think with a lot of paranormal experiences, whether it's like the ghost in the theater or uh, an alien abduction story or whatever it might be, a lot of those experiences are often personal to the person who experienced them. And you can try to tell somebody about it. You can try to explain it. But at the end of the day, you got to be like, that was my kind of thing. You know, like that was like whether it was scary or exciting or fascinating or confusing you gotta just be like that was for me and i'm i I might not understand it now but i might understand it later and i think that's uh important with paranormal because you know paranormal and spiritual kind of like you said they kind of blend together and um i don't know maybe that was the universe telling me i was in a good spot or whatever and one more paranormal i guess paranormal this is kind of I'm reaching at this point (laughs) was for a long time from like the ages of like 12 to like 15, I was going to youth group a lot, like at church, you know, like a Southern Baptist kind of youth group kind of thing. And yeah, I was into the whole God thing and all that, but really I was just like, it was like, that's where I met my friends. You know, we'd like on a Wednesday night, we'd all hang out at church and then, and praise God. And then like go out to eat, you know, like it was fun. But during that time in my life, Every time I looked at a clock, 
or like a digital, like on the oven or the microwave or like an analog clock. It was all like every time it was always like five, 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 one, 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 two, 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 three, 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 you know, 11, 11, 12, 12. And I was like, and me, and then at that kind of around the same time, me and my buddy, we started smoking weed together and we get like blazed out of our mind and we would, you know, obviously we're good church boys, but we'd get blazed out of our minds and we'd look at the clock and be like, Oh my God, you know, like, Oh, it's two, two, two or three, you know, three, three, three or whatever. And that's some, and really in the past, like five, 10 years, I haven't really noticed it as much. And I'm kind of wondering, was that God or the universe or whatever telling me that I was kind of in a good spot. I don't know. Or that I was in a bad spot. I don't know. It was just something that it was something that I noticed a lot when I was younger in this time frame when I was heavily involved in the church. And now I don't notice it hardly at all. I never see it. I never see. And when I do, it's usually like three, 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 you know, I'm like, Oh, Illuminati confirmed, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, that's just something that like, because I, I thought it was significant, like in my heart, it was like kind of always like a little nod, like a wink and a nudge, you know, like when I saw it, it'd be like, you're doing all right, you know? And so I don't know if I have gotten off the right path or I'm on the wrong path now because I don't see it. Um, that's something I don't know if I'm sure a lot of people listening have experienced that. Um, I don't know if that's significant yeah. or not. I, I experience it every day. I see 1234. One, Every two, three, single, four, yeah. one, two, yeah. three, four is constant. And me and my wife are both seeing it. It's a joke now. I mean, every time we look up at the clock, it's whatever the hour is with a 23, it's like eight 23. Then we look again, it's nine 23. It's 10 mm-hmm. 23. And it's, I, I'm going to look up. I, I keep saying, I'm going to do it. I should just do it. Like what the gematria or whatever it is of 23, but it's not insignificant. I'll just tell you that like when you're noticing anything, whether it's numbers or certain patterns or uh, certain colors, even to an extent, like, I mean, yeah, the mind can play tricks on you and you can start, I forget, parad- paradelia, is that what it's called? Where you like, uh, when you're, when you're looking for something, you're going to find it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, there is some of that to it, but I, again, I, I have, that spiritual idea in my head always. So I always think that there's something significant to it. And I guarantee now that you just talked about it tomorrow, maybe not tomorrow, but you're going to start noticing them again for sure. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I just, again, it's one of those things where it's like, it is what it is to you. Like for me, I feel like when I see those numbers, because it happens every single day, it means something like it has to mean something. It's not a coincidence. Like I really don't believe in coincidence. Um, I don't know how much time you have left, but I was going to ask like, what are your spiritual beliefs now? Do you believe in God still or dude? Um, this is something I, I'm always struggling with because like I said, when I was, you know, in those prime years of a, a as a young teen, um, I was super into it, you know, like I was saved by Jesus. I was in church. I was in the church band, you know, like that's what got me into music, you know, was like, I, that's when I started playing guitar and stuff. Like I taught myself guitar. Cause like, I wanted to be in the church band. Part of that was like the rock star mentality. Like I always wanted to be a rock star. So I was like, yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, 
but I had a real big problem with like the church itself, you know, like the people and the, the system and stuff. And, and now as I've gone on this journey, it's, it's, uh, man, it's, you know, they say conspiracy leads to spirituality. And I, I think that's true because at the, you could follow one rabbit hole all the way down and it always ends at like some sort of like good versus evil or like spiritual dilemma or, uh, you know, higher consciousness or, or whatever it might be. And so I, I really do think that, uh, but we, but at the same time, with all this knowledge and information, we know that the religions of the world are corrupt and uh, infiltrated and used to control people. And so I, I just try to go back to like the words of Jesus, the words of Buddha, um, you know, like Jesus was like, whenever two or more gathered, that is the church or like, I'm with you all the time. Like, you don't have to go to these, these big organized kind of things to experience God or the source or whatever you want to call it. But like, actually, I'll, this is kind of personal, but like last night I prayed for the first time in a long time, like actually like prayed. And I just like, I was laying down in bed, I was going to sleep and I just was like, and I just said in my head, I was like, God, Jesus, whoever, I mean, I don't, I, I, who am I to understand who you, or what you are? But I just want to say that I'm thankful for this person and this person and this situation and all this. And I want to ask that you protect this person and, and this person in this situation. And I tried to uh, not make it about me because I think that's important in any prayer or any kind of intention thing. Like I was like, because most of the time when you pray for yourself, nothing happens, you know what I mean? But, but I could pray for other people. And so I really just like, was like, I just said, Hey, you know what I mean? not naming names or anything like that but i was like i know you're out there i can feel it in my heart and in my soul i know you're there and i know you're listening i'm just gonna put this out there you know what i mean and i'll i'm gonna do it tonight too and just kind of see what happens because whether it's like we said with crystals whether it's all in your mind or just putting out intention in the universe putting that energy out there or or i do believe that there's something higher uh more powerful than than myself um and so i i just put it out there and, um, but I just, I think, like I mentioned with like the, the, the problems with like the church and religion in general, um, it's a, it's a control me mechanism and it's, it's used to hurt people and to, uh, you know, steal from people. And, uh, you know, I just go back to the words of the, of the quote unquote prophets or holy men or whatever it might be. And that's where I'm at right now. It's a journey. You know, I, I haven't gotten on the right path yet, perhaps. I'm still kind of driving along, seeing what I can find. But I definitely believe there's something out there. There's something more powerful than me. Uh, I think it goes back to energy, vibration, and tension. Um, but I'm not quite there yet. I can't answer that question definitively yet. And I'm working on it. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat as me. So if you're out there listening there's something going on. I think you can all, if you are in tune to anything going on in the world, you can feel that this is more than just politics, more than just, you know, money, more than just war. It's like a, there's something spiritual. You can feel it in your soul. You know what I mean? So, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm going to, uh, try to seek that higher connection with whether it's my higher self, whether with, with, with this God or, 
or Jesus or whoever. And trust me, I love Jesus. I think Jesus is a super cool dude. Uh, but who am I to say what the higher people on this earth tell me Jesus is? No, Jesus is something that I got to find on my own. You know what I mean? I got to connect with that source. Uh, and I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't want to yeah. ramble, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's like, you got to kind of work on the individual, like work on yourself. You're, you're going to know what the right, I, I believe everyone has that intuition or that, that inner knowledge of like, what is good and what is bad. Like mm -hmm. even a dog knows what is good and bad yeah. instinct, instinctually. So <laughs> it's <dog>. like, <laughs> you're right. So it's like, just kind of, I hate saying like, do as thou wilt. Cause that's satanic or whatever, but it's like, just do what feels right. Be a good person. And mm -hmm. you know, humble yourself and like for me i believe there is a creator i don't know what it is yes. but i believe there's a creator 100 yeah i mean there's a lot of power in prayer there's nothing wrong with praying and there's nothing wrong with admitting it and it's just like whatever makes you a better person <laughs> makes you want to help other people and just spread good vibes is as cheesy as that sounds like do it you know you're gonna find you're going to fine tune it. You know what I mean? Like you're on the road right now and now you just have to like fine tune it. And I'm, I am no way enlightened or anything like that. I'm struggling every day. I'm still trying to figure it all out, but yeah, it's just, as long as you have that intention to just kind of better yourself and help others, like I, I don't see anything wrong with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Uh, it's uh it's a journey. We're all on our own journey and you got to find that road yourself. And, and find people who can guide you along as you go, you know, whether they're uh, authors and books or friends or uh, podcasts or audiobooks or just people in your life, your friends, you know, um, you got to filter out the, the good and the bad. You got to figure out what's working for you and what's not. And just because someone comes into your life or you have a certain stage in your life or experience where, uh, you know, if all you learn from it is like, I don't like that, or I don't want to be around these people, or I don't want to do this type of uh, activity or whatever. Uh, that's a learning experience. It's not going to be negative. It, it's not necessarily just because you had a negative experience doesn't mean it's a negative outcome. You can always uh, learn from something and move, move forward, you know, 100%. And on that note, I say we wrap it up here, Kyle. Yeah one last time tell everyone where they can find you and you know just thank you so much for coming on it's so nice to oh, just dude, sit down and talk with you dude yeah that, like i said we we haven't gotten to just sit down and talk this was fantastic dude i i feel enlightened uh uh even more just just getting to know you a little bit and and talking with you and kind of sharing some experiences uh it was a lot of fun um and thank you so much dude but uh for your listeners um kyle at the big dumb podcast the big dumb underscore podcast on instagram uh, and then any podcast platform, you can find me. I'll send you all the links and stuff so you have it. Um, but yeah, man, this was this was fantastic. Um, I, I feel uh, better. You know, like I said, I, I told you yesterday, I was just all pissed off and rah, 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 you know, rah, 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 the world's going to end, you know. But today, after talking to you for a little bit, I feel much better. I'm going to sleep well tonight. I'm going to say a little prayer, hold my crystal tight, and, uh, you know, all is well in the world. So rock and roll, man. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. And that's the show, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, you know what to do. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I love reading them. 
and they really do help this show grow. The numbers are going up every episode, so I appreciate that and share it. Share the show with your friends. That will really help this show grow tremendously. Share it with everyone, social media, whatever. Just email it to people. Write a letter and send it to someone. Say, hey, check out this podcast. That, that'd be kind of cool. Anyway, love each and every one of you. Let's keep normalizing the paranormal, and I will see you on the next episode.